Hey you guys, welcome to another day of a Day in the Lab podcast. Today we have Ariana with Huawei Technology. She's going to tell us a little bit about herself. Yes, I'm the founder of Huawei Technologies. I'm passionate about tech and black people and women and figuring out how do I provide opportunities to those different communities and people of color. So um, yeah, James, you're, you're dope. I'm excited to be here and yeah. I was just, because as a creative, I talked to myself a lot. I was literally just thinking about this earlier today, but um, you know, STEM is so important. Um, and particularly, I focus more so on the T in the um, acronym, but you, it, it's important to me, especially for folks of color, but just for anyone, right? Because it is driving the future and the economy and our day-to-day lives more now than ever and compared to history and times past, right? So 20 years ago, you know, we, we, you know, talking about using an app to get in a, I mean, shoot, 12 years ago, talking about Uber and getting in a stranger's car was weird, right? Like we were all freaked out about it. Now we can't imagine a world without Uber or, uh, you know, Airbnb or, you know, fashion with Amazon. And so for me, it's important because if I don't get it specifically, it's important to me because of underrepresented communities. My passion is how do I get people who look like me and who don't look like me, right? So I'm a black woman, um, to understand where their passion, where their gifts and skills can fit in technology, right? Now, because of COVID, you know, people are interacting differently and you see more businesses and even the Federal Bureau tweeting about, you know, how they're going to be changing policies, um, you know, and, you know, within the next, I think, three to five years, we'll all be using it like, you know, on a daily basis. But, you know, and I, you don't have to catch me, James, because sometimes I get into my rants. But in a nutshell, my, the, what I'm saying is, is that if we don't figure out how we fit into the future, specifically within technology, even if you're not a technologist, um, you can still be in the industry and you, you can find your, you know, your space. But for me, it's important is because if we don't innovate now, we eventually become obsolete. That's like one of my favorite sayings. So I have to, um, for me, I carry this calling of how do I teach as many people as possible, how they can scale their businesses. That's what we do at Worldwide Technologies. But even beyond that, how do I help you figure out that you do fit fit at that technology table? But I'm going to end it there because I know you got I So I'll I'll be realistic. I think before this year, um, I really was like, okay, ownership is important. And especially as people, I just feel like, and this is what I was just telling my husband a couple of days ago, but we have to realize that, you know, the opportunity we have today is way more opportunity than any other generation previous before. I'm talking from Socrates to before him when Jesus was walking around the earth and before when Jesus walked around with Abraham and his, and his homies walking down on the earth. Like, there is no excuse um, to, well, no, let me stop because then there is, there are real bad, uh, you know, barriers and stuff in society. So I'm not going to say everyone has the exact same opportunity. I understand that. But what I'm saying is that, you know, you know, the opportunity and the, the education that's out there to learn, whether you're talking about trademarks and patents and, you know, all type of stuff, it is out there. It's available for you. Um, I think now more than ever, even with, in the pandemic, we understand the importance of having our own businesses or even if it's a side hustle. Ownership is important because 
especially as for folks of color, we are so, I mean, everyone's creative, but I'm just coming from, again, the black woman and American perspective. We are very creative people and for so long, we've been pent out of our creativity. Whether you know, you're in the music industry and you're only getting 20% and everybody else getting the other 80%, or you know, um, you know, there's even history out there about how black folks back in the day, you know, um, for some folks, I didn't even know. I just recently learned this, but um, for some slaves, if you if they were creative or they were created in some type of invention to, you know, of course we know the cotton gin was built by a black. But guess what though, James? And I know you get this too when people come to you talking about all the dope stuff that you're doing at Lab Hand. I will have founders and folks who come up to me and they're like, Ariana, you know. I'm working at such and such corporate organization, but this is my idea. Can you help me build it? And one of the first things I always talk to them about is, have you reviewed your employee contract? Because to me, it sounds like, you know, you're using your experience and your knowledge. Yes, you, you know, you've worked hard to gain that. But if you are in any way creating this while you are an employee of certain companies, according to your employee contract, that company can completely own everything that you created during this time frame. you know? So of course, I the chat with a lawyer and I know you know a lot about that so we can go back um so I think ownership is important so particularly for me I'll be transparent with you this year is the first year where I'm actually invested in um you know getting that ownership so I have a product coming out um it's a tech cleaner for uh phones and laptops and you know TVs and all this stuff that's going to be dropping but I'm also working with a lawyer to, um, to you know get my uh, trademark patent and stuff on that you know on the formula and on the you know the packaging and stuff right but also Jay. Um, I think now more than ever, whenever, because I have tons of ideas in, in different areas, whether it's related to blockchain or if it's related to web applications. And I'm just recently, within the past couple of months, said, you know what, I'm going to prioritize talking to my lawyer about, hey, you know, can I patent this software process that I just developed? Can I patent this algorithm, right? Um, and that's important because now when we own stuff, James, what can we do? License it out for money. And now we have the big bucks. You know what I'm saying? So I, I do think it's important and I can be transparent with the listeners to say, hey, I'm actually now putting my money where my mouth is and, you know, investing in that. So a little bit more. What you just said was very powerful that I think a lot of people miss. And really, uh, so two sides of the story, right? So I'll share this. You know, I've had some, some years in the entrepreneurship space, years in the startup space, so I'm at a different level now. But I will tell people when, although, yes, I am, talking to my lawyer about, you know, getting the patent and the trademark on the, you know, the little cleaning um, product that I made, the tech cleaner. But I'm also, I told myself, because that's the same week when, I, a couple of weeks ago when I was, um, when I was testing around, playing with the formula, I was already, you know, I have a couple of iterations and stuff that are out. And I was like, okay, I got this meeting with my lawyer in August because her schedule was so packed. I said, I'm not about to wait till August to launch this. I'm going to launch it way before then. But I'm still going to have my ducks in a row just to make sure. And, I, and James hit a powerful point, you guys, which is, you know, don't let, you know, the protection of what you think is a great idea. You spend all this money investing an idea and ain't nobody even out here trying to steal it. Or maybe you don't have a good product market fit and you do spend, let's say, $10,000 on a patent. Not saying that that's how much it costs or how much I'm being charged. That's not at all. But, you know, you, you're investing all this time and money. But you know, you're not, you don't even know who your target customer is. You don't even know social media ads. Okay, let me also say this. Out of, so 45% of my time every week is spent developing and talking, um, not developing, but talking to founders about their ideas. So people meet with me, they pay for consulting, right? They ask me questions. We have our little sessions, 
you know, I brainstorm sessions on all that type of stuff on a weekly basis. 45% of my time is having those type of consultations. I can't tell you how many times I have to tell people and I tell them, look, I'm in the business of developing technology, but don't come to me asking these certain questions, right, about, you know, whether or not you need to be protecting your idea and you can't even explain to me all the core features of the platform. That is a problem when we are having discussions about logos in this tech consulting meeting and you cannot explain to me who your customer is. You know what I'm saying? So people have, I do, like James is getting at y'all, you gotta have your priorities straight. You can't be you know, investing in all these little things that ain't gonna help you get a dollar next week or today. Um, so yeah, that's important. Mm, thank you for asking that question. So that's a really good question because I think, we wanted to unpack this last time, but we didn't have time because the Instagram live <laughs> and it was getting late. So, um, man, so th there's so much to, to talk about in this story. So long story short, um, well, that's a lie. This, this ain't going to be short, but I'm going to try to make it concise. My husband and I, we were at Tuskegee, you know, and, you know, James went to Tuskegee as well. And so to you, you know, okay. Um, shout out, Tuskegee fam. HBCU fam all over the world, but to specifically Tuskegee, the best. Um, so we were, you know, we were at Tuskegee. This was in 2016, right? So we get married, life happens. Omar and I decide to, uh, you know, he was graduating at the time and I was an engineering student at Tuskegee. And so we kind of made the collective decision together that I would transfer from Tuskegee um, and move to Michigan, which is where we live now. Uh, because he his company was is paying was paying for his master's degree and everything which he got which is awesome um and you know we just we were young right we're a young married couple we're like hey you know if we're gonna do this we're just gonna do it together like that's the whole point of this marriage and so i ended up transferring to a school um out here in michigan and it was the worst experience of my life um for thousands of reasons <laughs> but um that's a whole yo that Oh, another story that that'll be part two, our part. Two. But um, and so and, and, and so yeah, I mean, just being in that space was very toxic for me. I um, and so uh, but on top of that, with that transfer, we didn't find out until later that they were pushing my credits back from an almost you know close to graduation to a freshman, like a first year semester freshman, basically. Um, and I tried to, we fought and fought, you know, I tried to explain to them my inter internship experiences that I had at Tuskegee that were out of this world, the companies that I worked for. And they just wouldn't like accept my stuff. Um, it, it was pretty crazy. And so at the time we had to pay out of pocket for college and it was just too expensive for us. So I had to find alternative routes. So boom, right? Um, I had to find these alternative routes. And so I started to get into like coding boot camps that are out here in the Midwest. Um, because I wanted to, you know, I was, my background is in engineering. I love technology. I just had to figure out a different route to stay in the industry. So the coding bootcamp really, truly, honestly, it changed my life, that experience. Um, because, you know, it wasn't all the fluff, right, of taking the history courses and the English courses, which are to the point, you know, I'm learning, I'm coding. My first language was C-sharp, right? And now I'm doing all this other stuff and, and you know, well-versed in those. But um, that changed my life. And so, but uh, I actually had an opportunity, I, I will say, with, uh, while I was at Tuskegee with the third good Marshall College Fund. And I will forever credit them for the rest of my life, literally probably into my deathbed, um, for the opportunity that they gave me that changed my life. And it was the, um, the name of the, uh, the, 
the program was Opportunity Funding Corp Funding Co-op or something like that. Um, you think I would remember if it changed my life that deep, but that's just how dope it was because the experience was so great. But long story short, it was a week-long experience in Durham, North Carolina with all these amazing HBCU students from all across the country, right? So there's 101 HBCUs. There's representatives from practically all of them. And it was this amazing immersive experience, James, where we got together to, it was a hackathon essentially. And it was the hackathon that was sponsored by Apple and uh, John Deere and all these dope things. And we, we, we were there and I got to meet some of the most intelligent people I've ever met in my life. Some of them, I'm two of them, I'm still really, really close with. And we talk almost every other week. Um, and this was back in 2018, I believe. Yeah, so I, I had this, no, no, was this 2018, 2017, something, I don't know. But um, long story short, there was a competition and um, yeah, it was a competition <laughs> we got it together. Well, so so actually, no, let me, let, let me tell the story right, actually. So my team actually lost. We actually lost. There was a winning team that won, but what ended up happening is um, because I, you know, I want to be transparent for the story because you know when I'm a when I'm a billionaire and, and stuff, I want them saying I lied. You know, twenty years ago, twenty years ago, I want them to know I, I told the truth. But what actually happened was one of the students actually didn't have the opportunity. Um, he had to go for some type of internship and they chose another student to replace him and they chose me and I was so forever grateful. Now I worked my ass off on that hackathon. I was mad I didn't win. But um, you know, I, I had the opportunity to go with that that winning team. But that experience changed my life forever. So the winning team got a chance to go to uh San Jose, California, out in the Apple Worldwide Developer Scholar um I mean their their yearly conference that they have. And so we were, they called us the Apple WWDC scholars and we got to meet Tim Cook, sit in the, you know, Apple theater, all that. But beyond that, what was the, the dopest thing, James, was being able to receive the tools physically. I actually got a laptop, but uh, be able to receive the tools and access to knowledge that I never had before. Right. Like they're, you know, launching their new AR kit too, and, you know, all these different softwares that I just never even heard heard about as a technologist. And that really, that experience, even with the circuit martial arts, the, the purpose of that experience, James, was for them to show students about entrepreneurship. And they don't even know it, but at that time, and I don't, and I don't share this story often, but at that time, I actually, so this was two years post leaving Tuskegee, right? This was 2018, I believe, yeah. At that time, I actually reapplied. My husband and I had made a decision that we were going to actually go try to go back to school. Me go back to Tuskegee. We were going to move back to Alabama in August because I um, was a finalist for a full round scholarship um, to, to go back to Tuskegee, actually, and in 2018. But I personally really, truly felt um, God telling me that, Ariana, you're going to be an entrepreneur. And that Thurgood Marshall College Fund experience gave me the tools it's where i learned how to build mobile applications for um iphones because that's what the the competition was so we learned that in four days now and that changed my like i never looked back and it, although thurgood marshall college fund you know they fund people's scholarships they don't even understand that they're the reason why i decided not to go back and not because they were encouraging us so they were of course encouraging us to finish our education but at that moment james 
I just said, you know what? I'm going all in. And in that same, I'm not even kidding. A couple months later, I enter into a competition that year in 2018 here in Grand Rapids, Michigan, because that's where I'm at. And it was a competition, James. Literally, so at this point, I'm done with the competition, right? With the, uh, you know, Thurgood Marshall College Fund. I'm in Apple, San Jose. I enter into a competition where there was like almost a thousand people apply things like 600 or something crazy. And they went from 600 or something people down to the first 100 for the first round of the competition here in Graphics. It was a pitch competition I applied for. Made it to the first round. They gave each of us $1,000 to start a business in three months. And we had to have a proof of concept at demo night. Tell me why I beat out 90 other businesses and won $20,000 that same year. Because of faith for my first startup straight out the bat. So when I when I when people ask me about, you know, you know, why is it that you do what you do? You know, what is this journey that you're on? It comes from a at first it comes from a place of faith. It it really comes from me believing and trusting in God and praying. I don't be praying every day. I'm going to just be real with y'all. I'm not going to sit here and be one of them lying folks. But um you but I'm 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 just transparent. But I I I do um, you know, I I look for that wisdom and guidance. I do spend time with God when I have time to ask those questions. And then secondly, it's just about moving and not taking no for an answer. Can I tell you something though? Cause this is, this is literally, I'm not, I'm not kidding. So I was sitting with my mentor in 2018 and he said, because, um, and then I, what was crazy was I was like, I, I had, and on top of the full ride scholarship I had, I had other people trying to throw money at me. This was, now this is two years post went to Skiggy, right? So, and at the school, when I transferred to, my GPA was like a one point something, right? Um, but they were, of course, looking at my Tuskegee GPA, but that's just to, to show the, the craziness that stuff that I was going through. But I was sitting with my mentor, James, and he looked at me, he said, Ariana, if you want to be an entrepreneur, and he knew he, it was only my husband knew that I had the full, I Actually, you know what? Yeah, I told Omar. I don't think my mentor, no, I can't remember. But long story short, he just kept saying, Ariana, you need to make a decision whether you're going to school or whether you're staying, you know, here in Grand Rapids to, to launch your business. And that day in my heart, I decided, okay, I'm going to, um, you know, be an entrepreneur. And I emailed, I'm not even kidding. So I emailed all the people and said, hey, I'd like to withdraw my application for all the scholarships that I'm being offered because I've decided, and I have the email to this day, I need to print that off and put that on a poster. But I email all of them saying, hey, you know, I, you know, I've decided to be an entrepreneur. I, I, you know, I can't do this and go to school. And I'm not kidding, out of all the scholarships that I received, you know, there was one person who emailed me back. They said, listen, Ariana, we believe in you so much that we understand that you're not going to school anymore, but we're gonna let you keep this one scholarship to invest it in your business. I said, woo! What a sign. That's crazy. So I intentionally took out those extra safety nets because I knew I couldn't go all in, James. I knew I wouldn't be able to go all in knowing I had a backup plan to run down to Tuskegee in two months. How would I, why would I give that competition my all? You know what I'm saying? And that same day of the competition, I think it was, it was a couple of weeks before me and Omar would have moved around the same time we would have moved back. And to win that competition, it, it changed my life, the hunger forever. I was like, okay, I proved it to myself. Like, this is it. So absolutely. So I talk about this a lot, typically with a lot of um, like junior devs and stuff who want to learn more about the industry, but it is so important. So the, first off, that language, guys, for those of you who don't know, full stack just means that a person is good with front end and back end, right? So maybe, you know, you're tech savvy with, you know, 
you know, all you do is HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. And then there are other people who are more so on the back end who may do something like, oh, C Sharp or Python or Java. Um, so that's essentially what that means. It's, it's a person who both has uh, both front end and back end skills. And so although I'm primarily a business owner, right, and the owner of Wally Technologies, um, I still do some development stuff. Um, and then I have, you know, contract folks out who help me and, you know, as I'm growing my team to uh, do more development. Um, and then I do some projects and stuff on the on the side for fun. But that's what full stack means is someone who's good on front end and back end. And it's important, like if you are a new developer, I think, you know, start with one side. I think in the beginning, my problem was I did too much early on, but um, I think it is cool if you start either with front or back end and then introduce yourself to the other side where you can give yourself time to really develop those skills. So don't do too much at once. Absolutely. Thank you for asking that question. Um, so number one, I really truly believe, um, that anyone can be a developer. I really truly believe that anyone can be a software developer. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily, you know, you're, you know, trying to build the next Facebook, but we can all figure out, and because this is what I like to say. I'm a technologist, right? So I like technology in general, right? So I'll read any article about anything and be excited about it because that's what I like to do. But there are industry experts, like the folks who are listening to this show right now, who maybe you're an artist, or maybe you, I don't freaking know, you flip burgers and you have a, a burger business and that's what you do, or you're someone else and you make lip gloss. There is a way to use technology in each of these industries, but guess what? As a technologist, although I have the technical skills, sometimes I don't understand the industry enough to even innovate it. So I, to apply it, thank you, exactly, to apply it. So I have to partner with folks like you who may be interested in software development, or maybe you're not interested at all, you're interested in, in you're just in another industry um, to even help you innovate it or help you get to that level. But if you're starting out, I would say definitely start with HTML and CSS. That's like the, the starter languages that everyone starts off with. Um, because, you know, it's kind of the bare, you know, HTML and CSS is, those are two programming languages, by the way, but they are the, um, I guess you could say the, the backbone and the skin of the web, World Wide Web, right? And from at least in the olden days, well, even still today, but yeah. And so um, some great uh, tangible platforms though, I would say Udemy, they need to pay me. I'm gonna I'm get them to, um, they need to, I need to be a sponsor. Um, but Udemy is a great platform for real, all jokes aside. It's called, so I'm gonna spell it out, it's the letter U, D-E-M-Y.com. That website, particularly even during my coding bootcamp when I was learning how to um, be a software developer, it changed my life because there's so many courses on there that you can use, man. I'm talking about, you can learn how to build mobile apps for like $11.99 step-by-step with different instructors from this platform. So they basically, Udemy is just a, you know online course and you can, they have topics for everything from math, science to history. To, that's the platform that I use even to this day to, to brush up also lynda.com is one and if you have a local library you can use your library card to use that for free because it's super expensive but lynda l-y-n-d-a.com is another great platform uh to learn about programming languages and then uh, manning.com m-a-n-n-i-n-g and um i actually even have a coupon code that's free i don't get any money from it but i need to get money from that too so i gotta i gotta get my step up my business game y'all i'm sharing my business but there's a coupon code that they share with me um, that you guys can use, and it's 40% off all of any of their products from digital to physical. And that coupon code is 
P-O-D-W-T-E-C-H-19. Um, so if you use that, uh, you can get, um, you know, some, um, some some discount codes. But those are the three platforms that I use to this day. And I think it's, it's the P-O-D-W Tech 19 or P-O-W-D Tech 19. So try both of those. I, I can't remember at the moment. So local boot camp here in Michigan. So their name is Grand Circus and they only do it in person. Well, they're doing it online classes now actually too because of COVID. But their name is Grand Circus. They're based in Detroit, but they have a Grand Circus location. Um, and if y'all go into these places, y'all better hit me in my DM on Instagram and let me know so I can let them know I help 50 people get in the program. Look, okay? I got to use this for leverage. Look, look. Hey, hey, that's a. Hey, what, what Jay Z say? I'm a business man. I'm a business man. Um, but anywho, so uh, that's the the uh, the company that I did for the coding boot camp. Um, and yeah, that it was dope. It, it was great. It, it was good spin. But Grand Circus is their name. I think the website is grandcircus.co. I think yes. You guys, there's so. And even I, I, you know how like people tell you, you know, there's money out there, but you don't really get it. The reality is this, that there is money out there, but it's even more money out there for the people who own their stuff. So um, I think, you know, like kind of how I was speaking to earlier about, you know, now I'm at a stage in business where I'm like, okay, well, how do I own, if I'm, if I have certain processes that I know are revolutionizing businesses, I need to be talking to my lawyer about how I can, you know, own this IP so that I can license it out to other people and be able to teach courses and whatever. Um, but there's so much opportunity. And I guess it depends on the perspective you're coming from. Of course, if you're an entrepreneur in the tech space, and um, particularly I can only speak to the software side because I'm not like a mechanical engineer. I don't know much about selling physical tech products. But from a software perspective, you know, everyone needs your skills, right? Um, and especially now more than COVID is the perfect time to be in software um, within the, you know, within STEM because, you know, now everyone has to be online and figure out how to innovate their business to be relatable to, you know, their customers and their clients, right? So the demand is there, right? People think people, I look, just, I think we talked about this on Twitter, but I, I thought my business was going to go down because of COVID. I've made more revenue during, I'm not telling y'all no numbers, but just know your girl doing good. I make more revenue during COVID than I did prior before because it is such a priority technology. Now people get it. So the folks I was pitching to six months ago about why they need a platform for their XYZ business are and guess what, James? When the pandemic is over, guess what they're gonna realize? That they still need a platform. <laughs> You know, honestly, I would equate them to this to be the same. The only difference between the the I would think the average maybe freelance developer versus me is that I'm now becoming more of a firm, right? Because I'm contracting other people out. I have standard operating procedures where you know, as people, as I, when I get to the point where I can hire someone officially full time, um, you know, they'll be, you know, then they, I can, you know, legitimately say, I guess you could say that it's a company. Right, where there's more people and there's you know people on payroll. Well, people are on payroll for me right now, but you know, just legally, the only difference is taxes, <laughs> Uncle Sam. But um, but yeah, essentially, it's the same thing. I would say it's just that freelancers typically work by themselves, but I do work with other people to contract them out because you know I get 
now that I'm in more demand, I'm like, okay, now I have to hire other people to pay. But it's still majority of me doing the work, if that makes sense. So I would say, um, so back during all this time, right, uh, I, when I was doing the competition, I won the 20 grand. During that time, right, so I'm like, okay, shoot, I just, something else. I was the only person, too, on stage that hadn't even launched a business yet. Like, I was still creation phase now of course i had the skills and the hustle and the grind right like you know i had the business plan but i hadn't even launched i hadn't even launched a product i didn't even launch a website that's how and so the other most of the people who were there in the competition was 100 people who were competing james most of them had been in business i'm talking about years years so there yo there's some that's a whole nother thing about pitching that's gonna have to be another episode or something but anywho um Something that had to get me out of my comfort zone that's important for entrepreneurship. So during the competition, when I was doing that three months or whatever, one of the things that I had to really understand was, okay, where, who is my customer? So at the time, the idea that I had that I'm no longer doing, it was my first startup, um, was a beauty tech company where we upcycled cosmetics. So essentially we partnered with like YouTubers and you know, all these women, makeup artists and stuff like that. And we would take their gently used makeup, right? So maybe they used it once or twice um, because the average woman like owns like close to like over 40 products or something and cosmetics is crazy. And so uh, what we found was there's a this surplus of product that's, that's just not being used statistically uh, amongst the average woman in the States. And so um, I, I was questioned with, you know, where am I going to find women who are going to buy secondhand makeup? You know, where, where do they, where are, do they live? You know, where, what are they doing? What's their daily routine? How do I understand the mind of my consumer? And so what I did, James, I'm not even kidding. During the competition, so it was like the last seven weeks of the competition and I decided to make a pivot to my business model. And so I said, man, how am I going to prove this now? Because I'm changing my idea, basically, the last couple of weeks. And literally, for weeks straight, I um, would leave work at the time, and I would go to the local mall. And from like 6 until they closed or until the police security guard would kick me out, I would go and up to every single woman that I thought was my target customer, and I would ask them questions. That was completely... Oh yeah, and y'all can be doing this today. And so what I what I did was I said, okay, well, where are these people? Let me go talk to them. But here's how it worked. So one thing I learned through this, um, and here's some different tips that y'all can do right now. But one thing I learned through that process was you always want to ask open-ended questions. Number one. Two, if you're trying to learn about your consumer and you're in the space, and let's say you're using my strategy of going up in person and stuff, and I actually learned this from the founders of I think it was Reddit or Facebook or something. I was listening to some how I built this podcast episode with Guy Rise, and he he did it, so that's why I started to do it. But um, I um, then I, I I realized as I would talk to all these different people, right? So I'm talking to all kinds of people. I think the first seven days I talked to like over a hundred something people. It was insane, and so strangers, folks that I don't know, and um, one thing I learned though, James, was people love to talk about themselves always pose the question towards them, even strangers. So what I, I do, this would be my strategy, James, I do. I walk up to someone and be like, girl, oh my goodness, girl, I just love your shirt. And they'd be like, oh, thank God, like, where are you getting it? And then boom, 
then I then I roll into the next question. I just say, well, I own, I'm Ariana. I, you know, I'm launching a business around makeup. Do you mind if I ask you a question? You know, what do you, what's your skincare routine or whatever it was, right? Because people love to talk about themselves. And it, I nailed it every time. Actually, I think I still have a couple of those recordings. Um, another tip I add was, okay, so number one, ask open-ended questions. Well, number one, find the place, the physical places your customers are at. Two, ask open-ended questions. Three, make sure the questions are about the consumer. Four, I would say one thing that helped me, and this is just more of a practical tip, is after each conversation, I would use my phone and I would make notes about the person through voice, like a voice memo, voice recording or whatever. So that way at the end of the day of each day when I would do it, James, I would go and I would do a design thinking strategy. And if you don't, y'all don't know what that is, just Google it because we ain't got time to be talking about all that <laughs> today. But Yes, a design thinking strategy. And essentially, it's just a way to think about, essentially, it's a design strategy of how do I create a product or a service or a company centered around the consumer, right? And so what I would do is I would take those voice notes that I, that I did every day, James, and I would get sticky notes and I had them in different colors and I would write notes, every aspect about the person. So in the, in the video voice memo, this is all important, y'all too. So y'all make sure y'all listen to this part. But in the voice memo, I would say, okay, you know, a woman, you know, who was, you know, let's say, you know, African-American female in her early 20s, da 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 And then I would talk about the conversation that me and her, and I would do it immediately after each conversation when I left the mall. I would go home, write each of those individual aspects about the person, and I put them on sticky notes. And then what ended up happening is after, after the weeks pass, guess what, James? I have a bunch of data points. And now I can look at, okay, it looks like for whatever reason, the average woman who said, yes, they would purchase pre-owned makeup was between the ages of 25 and 35. Now I can kind of see where all this, and then I, I think I even still have the Excel sheet with all this data. So this is pretty cool. But, um, and yes, yeah, so that's kind of how I got to know my product market fit and figure all that out. So, but the business ended up failing, but that's a, that's an episode for another day probably, but you know, it was still in a, a phenomenal experience that, you know, now when I'm launching, you know, a product for Huawei tech cleaner for my glass cleaner for phones and laptops, you know, um, you know, I know how to run the business really well because of that failed company, you know, a couple of years ago. So it, it was just a crazy, great experience that got me out of my comfort zone. So, you know, James, I don't, I, I don't have any questions. I just have to say, you know, I think what you're doing is dope and, you know, I'm just excited to see you um you know continue to you know push this brand to the next level and i really hope that you know your listenership and your brand just continues to grow because what you know and i don't know how often you talk about this on your show but what you're doing with trying to help folks you know launch products from ideation to scale to you know selling and on the shelves is, is really cool it's very important and i think it's it's more revolutionary than people realize now but that's okay because when you're the next Bezos, they're going to be like, dang, I wish I knew him back in 2020. Yeah, so you guys can find me anywhere on social media at Ariana Waller. On Instagram specifically, there's an underscore in there, but I'm like, yeah, Ariana Waller. And then, um, you know, you can follow my podcast, well, um, Women in Tech with Ariana at wallwaytech.com slash Ariana. And of course, you know, I plugged myself a couple of times on here, but I do have a tech cleaner that's coming out for phones and laptops and all your technology um, that you can clean and stuff. And it's all natural product that'll be launching pretty soon. So um, make sure you guys, you know, stay tuned on that. But you can follow me on Instagram. It's probably the best place. And that's Ariana 
A-R-I-A-N-A underscore Waller. So that's all folks. <laughs>